Moncrief on News Talk. Now, she sold over two million books and regularly appears in the Amazon bestseller list. She's from Kilcool in County Wicklow and the chances are that you've never heard of her. For the past decade or so, Siobhan Davis has been self-publishing her romance novels, an endeavour that requires not just writing skill, but also considerable business acumen. Siobhan, good afternoon. Thank you, Sean, and I'm honoured to be here talking with you today. Uh, When did you start writing? Because you you kind of, uh, as I understand it, you had a mid-career change. Yes, I only started writing in 2015 uh, when I was in my early 40s. At the time, I had just left a successful HR career um, because I wanted to pursue my lifelong dream of writing and I wanted to build a sustainable brand and income so that I didn't have to work for anyone else ever again. Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a dream a lot of people would have. Your first couple of novels, though, I mean, because it's romance novels now that you're selling by the truckload, but uh, initially you tried yeah. kind of YA fiction for a while. Yes, so they were still romance, but obviously a lot tamer. Um, so I wrote two science fiction fantasy romance series which were well-received, but I found it very difficult to market them. So the first couple of years, I was just kind of covering my course. That was still quite good for a startup business, but it was not going to be enough. So I took time out of writing, and I actually studied the market, largely in America, to see what it was that readers were most interested in reading at that time, and contemporary romance was pretty big. So I made a strategic shift. And... Um, very carefully picked the series that I wanted to write, um, which was my Kennedy Boys series. It's now 10 full-length novels and three novellas. But I released the first three books very quickly together and they did extremely well and it pretty much took off for me from there. Mm. And when you were studying the market and and decided you were going to go uh, for romance, was it down to, did you get down to the granular detail of what elements people might like in, in particular books? Yes, absolutely. So to this day, I I always read the bestsellers. So the books that are in the top 100 on Amazon.com in my genre or the genres that I write in now, I read them all the time. And you do see a pattern. I mean, they're different stories, but you see the same common themes and tropes. So it's really important if you want to write to market, if if that's something that you want to do because you want to be financially successful, that you include those elements in your book. And it took me a little bit of time to understand how to do that. But once I did, it really was a game changer. Yeah. And what, what are those elements? So it depends what I'm, uh, what I'm writing. So I largely focus now on writing either dark romance or emotional angsty contemporary romance. So in the emotional angsty romance, readers like to feel every kind of emotion and to feel high levels of angst. Um, and to feel that the couple are not going to get their happy ever after at certain points until you bring it all full centre. Often there are like love triangles in it or a trope that's called second chance romance, which is where a couple break up and then maybe reunite a couple of years down the line. With dark romance, they like to see lots of unexpected plot twists and turns. They expect to see steam, danger. The guys tend to be very kind of aggressive and possessive with our women and um, as long as you combine those kind of elements in whatever story you're writing, you're guaranteed to 
uh, have readers that will enjoy the book. Mm, all right. So, but, so when you decided, uh, and obviously you made a very detailed study of it, uh, at the same time yeah. you were publishing novels and no one had heard of you. So I, I imagine the marketing, uh, that too must have been uh, quite a study for you as well. It was because, you know, I worked in HR. My best friend in the company was in marketing. I had a little bit of an idea, but I was largely clueless. So I had to teach myself everything. So the advertising and the marketing end of it is huge. And you can write a brilliant book. You can package it perfectly. But if you can't get it in front of readers, no one is going to know about you. So I invest heavily in advertising. And we do an awful lot of social media posting as well. Right now, BookTok, which is a community within TikTok, is massive for authors. Um, it's a bit hit or miss, but, you know, you need to be on that platform now. That's where the bulk of my readers will be. And it's a very fast-paced industry. Things change all the time. So what might work from a marketing perspective last year um, will not work this year. So you need to be adaptable all the time. It's really? challenging, but still very enjoyable. Okay, and, and what kind of things do you need to put on Book Talk uh, um, to, to, to attract attention? So, um, you're, basically, we're, we're making videos, um, short little excerpts from books with catchy images and hook lines that will give someone a sense of what the book is about. And um, you just have to post a lot of them. I mean, I have a lot of books now, and we're always trying to market them. So, um, I have two... Uh, contractors who work for me who post videos and they're given a schedule every month uh, of which books to promote and um, I work with them on content and stuff but I don't physically do that myself anymore. Okay and so would you be uh, not necessarily promoting your latest book because you've what 62 books you've written so far so are you promoting you know various books from various points in your career? Yeah so um, you will always promote a new release and you will always go in hard with a new release, right? So you're putting a lot of promotional effort and a lot of uh, promotional money behind it. But yes, I, I, I'm constantly promoting my backlist as well because otherwise it would be a waste. You have all these books sitting there and people wouldn't be finding them. So um, we chop and change at various times. We will promote something different. So for example, I'm finishing out a series next year. I have two books coming. We haven't been actively promoting that book, that series this year, but in January now we will start running ads to the first book to start bringing more readers in, to get the rankings up higher on the store, so you get more visibility that brings more readers in. And then by the time the last two books release, you should be well primed for them to release well. Of, and of your output, uh, Siobhan, how much of it are, is physical copies of a book? So mostly I sell all um, e-books followed by audio books and then it would be print books, so paperbacks and hardcovers. So the print side of it at the moment only accounts for about 5% of my income. Mm. Audio books um, would be maybe about 10-15% and then e-books are the rest. I am also published, traditionally published in a variety of different foreign markets um, and you know, that's a percentage as well, but I don't have as much control over that. Um, you know, just get reports annually from the publishers in those regions. Okay, but that they be foreign language books kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. like I, you know, I have books in, um, I have foreign publishers in like Poland, Hungary, Germany, Netherlands, to name a few. Just signed a deal with a Brazilian publisher there recently. Um, 
So, but they're all traditionally published and um, I have a lot less control. Whereas with the English language books, I haven't sold many of those rights. So I control pretty much all of it. And then I can decide, you know, exactly how I'm going to release and market a book. Yeah. And and you, your books would be, are they written in American English? Because obviously that's by far your yeah. biggest market. Yeah. So I made that decision quite early on, even though it's, pretty foreign to me. I didn't realize how many mm-hmm. differences there were until I started writing it. Um, but I knew that I was going to be selling the bulk of my books in America. And I decided that I would write in American English. And I, uh, all my editors are American. So, you know, if my Irishisms slip in in places, which they often do, they will just pick up on that and say, no, not American. Yeah. The, the, you know, you, and, and you've featured in it many, many times in, in the Amazon bestseller lists. The, I, yeah. I, I kind of get the sense from you that if one were to look at the Amazon bestseller list, it bears virtually no relation to what you might see in a bookshop. They're quite different and they're also quite different um, across uh, locations. So, for example, if you look at the Amazon Top 100 in the UK store, you will see a huge amount of crime thriller novels, which are quite popular here, too. Mm. Um Whereas if you go and you look at the top 100 on Amazon.com, which is the main U.S. store, there is, you will find crime thriller, but a lot less of them. You'll find way more romance books. Um, since Book Talk exploded, you will find um, in U.K. and American bookstores a lot of the same books in the, um, that you would find on Amazon. Over here, it's very, very different um, because we're a little bit outside of that whole community in that market. Mm. But it's definitely, in the last couple of years, opportunities have opened up for independently published authors with big traditional publishers. Um, Like Bloom Books is a subdivision of one of the top five publishers in the US, and they've opened a division specifically for independently published authors, and they're now getting their books into bookstores. Um, in the US because it's just so big. Yeah. Um, you know, for a long time, traditional publishers kind of frowned on independently published authors, uh, but they cannot afford to ignore them now. Yeah. Because they have such a big market share. Why, why would an independently published author, though, do that? Because you're just giving a slice of your, your profits to somebody else. Yeah, well, most of us retain our ebook rights, which is huge. But you would give your print book rights to the publisher because they have this massive distribution channel we don't have access to. Mm. At the moment, you can buy my books largely on all the online retailers like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And my books are in bookstores in America, but just not to the same level. We're working to hopefully get a deal with one of these publishers because it would mean it would be the difference between, say, my books maybe being in 50 or 100 bookstores across America to them being in like 10,000. Yeah. Um, I don't have that distribution as an independently published author. So that appeals to me. But absolutely, I would have no interest in selling my ebook rights because that's my bread and butter. And at this stage of the game, um, would, do you even need to keep writing, given you have such a, a large body of work that you're constantly promoting? Yeah, I honestly, I could stop and we could probably live comfortably off what I've written. But the writing is the part of it that I like. Um, mm. And it's the part that I struggled to find time to do now because I'm running, um, you know, a, a very successful business. And you've, 
you know, you've got accounts and administration and staff management and all this marketing and advertising, which is essential and takes up a huge amount of my time. So I would love a scenario where I didn't have to do all the other stuff and I could just sit there and write. Yes. That hasn't happened so far. Um, so, no, I, w- I, you know, I could stop if I wanted, but absolutely I don't want to because I like writing and that's the, that's the enjoyable part for me. So I can't see myself stopping anytime soon. But given the amount of books you've sold, you're, you're one of the most successful Irish authors ever, but probably a lot of people listening have never heard of you. That's kind of mad. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I imagine a lot of people haven't because everything that I've done has largely been overseas. Mm. Um, and to be fair, I haven't ever done anything to promote myself here actively. I mean, we target Irish readers on Facebook ads, but the audience is just so small. It's really hard. I would love my books to be in bookstores here, but it's just too challenging for me to do myself. Um, I, I could get them there. I mean, my, my husband works full time with the business. He could go around, he could get my books into bookstores, but they'd sit on a shelf unless somebody knows about me and knows to come in and ask for them. And, you know, we could commit a huge amount of time and money to do that, but it just wouldn't be the best use of my time. Mm. And when this is how we support our family, you, we can't afford to kind of make a mode of decisions like that. Yeah. The decisions are, you know, what is going to build a brand, what is going to generate the best return. And unfortunately, that's just not investing time here. Now, if an Irish publisher came along and they were interested in putting my books into bookstores here, I would be very welcome to discussing that because that's really my only way to get myself in the public domain here, yeah. um, where we're still very heavily um, focused on print books, which is great because, you know, you love seeing the bookstores and um, I'd hate to see any of them disappear like they have been disappearing a lot in the US, you know. Um, but it's just extremely difficult for me to try and do that myself. Yeah. Um, so who knows, maybe now... Maybe now. starting to hear about me, something might happen. Yeah, you never know. Someone's been listening to this interview. Siobhan, fair adieus to you. Uh, Siobhan Davis's uh, new book is called Reeve. Somehow I doubt she really needs the plug from me. Uh, Siobhan Davis, thanks a million. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me and enjoy the rest of your day. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.